You're listening to Two Sons of Tatooine. If there's a bright center to the universe, you're listening to the podcast that it's farthest from. And here are your hosts, Jonathan and Nathan. Hello and welcome back to Two Sons of Tatooine. My name is Nathan, a.k.a. NP Bro, and I am here with my co-host, Mr. Jonathan Cohn of the YouTubes. Follow him on the YouTube at Jonathan Cohn for all things book-related, a lot of things in the sci-fi genre, Star Trek, Star Wars, and beyond on the YouTubes. That's at Jonathan Cohn. In today's episode of Two Sons of Tatooine, we're talking about our general thoughts on... Mandalorian Season 3. Now that we've had some time to let the series settle, um, and of course the Disney Galleries episode has also released recently for Season 3, there are some things to talk about. Um, And I'll be honest, Jonathan, we actually never reviewed the finale, and I think it says a lot that we just stopped. That's what literally stopped the podcast. Have Have you thought back and you're just like... Wow. An episode that was so disappointing, they just stopped. They just didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. So is that your feelings or was was it just that we got busy? Because I know we did get busy too at the same time. And, and I, yeah, we guys get, we'd get, get busy. Um, I was also, uh, I had just come off of the musical, which was super exhausting oh, yeah. that time. Yeah. Uh, and then oh, yeah. also... Uh, it was just that there were so many things we wanted to happen that didn't happen. So it's like we would have just been kind of disappointed, even though I still think it's an, an enjoyable finale. It's certainly the weakest of the three Mandalorian finales that we've gotten so far. Um, uh, and, you know, we, we just after that, we just, you know, got out of the groove. Yeah. And so it just took a while for us to get back in, which was thankfully the, the Ahsoka trailer jump started. <laughs> thank goodness. Um, but I rewatched the, the Disney gallery today and I've had some, I have some interesting notes. Um, uh, I'll just say this. I'm, I'm excited for the future after watching the Disney gallery, even though I didn't love the most recent past. <laughs> uh, there was a general just, directionless feeling. Yes. And everybody got that. That's kind of in the, the fandom, the sense, and now it's been confirmed. Uh, have they not said almost basically enough that that was, yeah. they were a little bit lost on what to do. They said that, um, uh, specifically with the ending, they didn't know how they were going to end the season. <clears throat> um, uh, they yeah. knew, they knew they wanted Bo back and they knew they wanted to do something with Mandalore, but they didn't know how to end it. Um, uh, and I think that's quite, you know, even though it's still entertaining, it's still quite, it's kind of obvious that they didn't know where they were going with it. Um, uh, which it reminds me of Indy five, which Indy five's finale, or if you haven't seen it yet, um, the, the final scene is literally, it's almost beat for beat what they did with the very, very ending of Mando (laughs) season three. Yeah. I could see (laughs) even down to the connections. Yeah. Yeah, even down to the little circle uh, camera zoom out thing. Oh, right, yeah. That they did. Yeah. So, and both of those endings just felt like, you know, somebody just threw this together at the last second and was like, just get it out, just get it out, just get it out. Um, <clears throat> so, in terms of the things that we liked, why don't we, for you, for the people who don't like negativity, <laughs> let's get to some of the things that were good about season three. Like, yeah. what did you like? What what in the Disney gallery stuck out to you? It was like, hey... This is a really good step forward. I'm glad this like 
Yeah, I mean, I mean think back to season one. We got yep. that Disney Gallery whole thing oh, yeah. was like an episode on the music, an episode on the directors. Right. It was just like, wow. And everything was new and pushing the, you know, the volume was introduced yep. to us there. So what are we doing in season three to push the, the envelope and the development and the direction? Well, for one thing, they brought in a a, a new crew um, uh, to help out. And after watching this, I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with these guys. I think the the problem with season three was the writing, was just Favreau Mm -hmm. got in a rut. I do not think it was necessarily the direction, although certainly there were some things that could have been fixed. But my thought was the new the new directors there were three new directors that they talked about they talked about Rachel Morrison who did that second episode this episode when they're on Mandalore um, for the first time then they mm-hmm. uh, have uh, Lee Isaac Chung who did the the Coruscant episode which was di- kind of divisive when it came out but as a huge Coruscant fan I loved it um, and then yeah. uh, and then we had Peter Ramsey the director of Into the Spider Verse um, uh, he directed. Uh, the fifth episode, the pirate episode, where they fight the pirates. And so mm-hmm. uh, the three of them talk about not only their love of Star Wars, their love of the prequels, they talk about their love of visual filmmaking, and they love their, uh, they talk about how they wanted to, to try something new while still reflecting the old. And uh, I really appreciated all of their um, perspective that they added and their enthusiasm for the brand. Uh, and so I, I, I'm interested. And, you know, Peter Ramsey, he's coming back for Ahsoka. Um, and uh, I think one of the others is, I forgot which one of the others, Rachel or Lee Isaac Chung, but one of them is also coming back for another Star Wars series. So, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, we've got a good crew, like a, new, a, good, a good freshman class coming up, if you view it that way. Yeah. Um, well... Here's some things that I liked then uh, that I'll also add. Uh, like you said of those guys, I I really didn't love any of the episodes. But I tell you this much, I liked the episode you're talking about on the Coruscant. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It, uh, it didn't exactly hit all of the beats we'd expected because it, it felt so different from the rest of the season. Yeah. And there was really no payoff, and there still hasn't been yeah. total payoff to those characters and to that. It, it really, really needed more. Uh, but the episode in itself, you can't fault the director for something like, like yeah. that. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, have you, have you really thought that the fighting has gotten better? Because I have. There's, yeah. there's some just visually amazing stuff that you see Bo-Katan do in that finale episode. I mean, obviously the... The flying with the dark saber and the the air battles, Dragon Ball Z right. in Star Wars. <laughs> Everything except for Kamehameha is flying around, but I did have problems with the other stuff. I'll say that the fighting was great. It just did not mean much, and if you think to yourself, well, "Okay, wow, you have really good," you know, the budget for the you know everything as far as like the the design. It seems like the graphics effects on the. Yeah the fights and the ships and the location all really good. So why did it not work? It's all because of the writing did not set the fights up and pay the fights off. And the dialogue during the fights was horrible. The finale may have the worst written dialogue of any episode of this whole show. 
and I I would sit there and, and stick to that, and I'll argue with that later. But stuff that I liked. Yeah. Oh, do you want to argue with me? Do you want to say? Well, I was going to say with the action sequences, you realize that uh, Katie Sackhoff really wants to be involved. Um, uh, yeah. And in one of the action sequences, they talk about how they had just a very very minor, you know, go slide here and then point your mm-hmm. guns and do this. And they were going to have the stunt person do it. And she said, why can't I do it? Uh, they were like, well, you're not really yeah. supposed to. And she just went and did it anyway. She, she went and Brie Larson that thing. <laughs> right. Well, do your own stunts. You do your own stunts. Uh, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise. Sorry. I'm just thinking back to the, do you know the interview that I'm yes. talking about? Yeah. Everybody remembers that interview. Let's move on because I know that's your favorite thing to talk about. But when it, when it comes the, to her excitement about doing some of those, yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. She nailed it, and and I think like they they knew that was a high point, so they made it a big part of the Disney galleries. Yeah. They brought in some of the stunt coordinators, and I love that. Like anytime you talk with like, the, there's the guy who did all of the lightsaber choreography, yeah. from Episode Three, and he's just this wealth of knowledge because. The dude sat down and choreographed fights that George had told him to, that we never saw. And, he, like, when George was coaching him, he was like, well, now this, this Jedi should be just slightly better in these ways than, you know, in this fight and whatnot. Like, that's awesome. Let's find out more about the story. You know, that's, that's a really cool thing. So I enjoy. And Ray Park, too. I mean, gosh, the guy's practically half and half as far as stunt and versus acting. Um Half and half. Sorry for that pun. <laughs> half and half. Okay. Uh, but but also on a, on a similar point with Katie Sackhoff is it was pretty obvious they're like treated they treated her as if she was the lead um, this season yeah. when it came not just when like uh, Rick Famuyiwa saying she's also the Mandalorian which we all knew <clears throat> but also when in the interviews. Pedro Pascal <laughs> is nowhere. They didn't even get him to talk about like no. what it's like in the recording booth for it, which we know he's been very busy because he's got another project, but it's just, there was no Pedro and he is billed as the lead in this series. That's, that's, that's crazy to me, but, but, but she was billed as the the lead. Not in a good way. Yeah. Not in a good way. She was billed as the lead (laughs) and you could tell she's working hard on this. Um, uh, and it's kind of sad because she wants to be here. Whereas Pedro, it's kind of just another thing for him, but she wants to be present and after this, I feel like we may not get more bow in the immediate future, but we should. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, especially I would love to see in the uh, showdown movie bow to team up with Ahsoka, just like in Clone Wars. Um, I think that'd be really cool. But I'm not sure if we're going to get Bo-Katan again. And it's just kind of I, I thought it's kind of sad, that realization. I think they had more direction for her character. Oh, yeah. And they really obviously from where she starts to where she ends, uh, you know, the whole, she's sitting in the throne and, you know, she basically, even at that point, isn't allied with Din Djarin at all. She's like, kind of hoping that he goes away, like, leave me alone. And by the end of it, they're, you know, they're buddy, buddy. I don't, I don't know where they go with her now, but I do know that they really tried to, to tell that story. And, I do not point the blame at Katie Sackhoff for the failure of that story. I I think the failure of that story was in the dialogue, the things that they had them do. Like, what what are the things that Din and Bo did to unite? Some of them were successful. Meeting of the Mandalorian survivors who have been living on the planet, good. 
mostly good. <clears throat> um, definitely meeting uh, you know the battle with Axe Woves, mm-hmm. um, the 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 fight there, mostly good. That's good. Her in the in you know in the enclave with the rest of the Watch. Very good. Yeah. Very, very good. That's some of the best stuff in this whole season is the armorer and bow. Yeah. And that stuff and that story and even her with um, uh, Saxon, um, yeah. who dies. What's his name again? Um, and it's not Saxon. It's uh, Vizsla. It's not Saxon. It's Vizsla, pre-Vizsla. Um, or post, pause-Vizsla. Sorry. More like pause. Like post-Vizsla. Post-Vizsla, he's dead. <laughs> um, spoiler alert. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I Which just, that was, I really liked that uh, that death scene. I thought that was really cool. Him fighting the three Praetorians. Yeah, I I hate that he's dead, but I understand it. Yeah. Um. So those story beats, a lot of them worked, and the stuff with her rescuing Din from the the kind of creepy alien thing with the dark saber, the right. robot alien. Yeah. Uh, that that it. It was hit, hit and miss in some ways. Um, so all of the best parts of the season to me involved involved Bo. Yeah. I, I really think that she was the high points. Mm-hmm. And the parts that did not succeed were not her fault. Yes. There was a lot of, of, of stuff that was kind of silly this yeah. season. And yeah. like, what's the point of this? Where are we going with this? Particularly um, Din's storyline. Because he basically doesn't advance in this story, which is kind of sad. And yeah, he has a little bit of advancement in his relationship with Grogu, but it's not enough um, uh, for what they should have had. Um, uh, You know, they were they were leading towards that he might, you know, either go one of two ways of becoming a leader or go off and do his own thing and give up the kind of hard Mandalorian ways. But they kind of did a middle path, which is he goes mm-hmm. and does his own thing, but he's <clears> sticking with the, the, the Mandalore ways. And it's just that's just not as interesting. Um, uh, now, maybe they can make it interesting in season four, uh, if slash when we get that. Um, uh, yeah. But uh, I'll does be it, curious. Does it draw in your mind comparisons to the treatment of Jon Snow? Yes, that's a great, that is a great comparison. Yes, it feels like... Season seven and eight, Jon Snow, where Lou had built him up in the first few. Although at least here, there's the potential to fix it. Um, they can they can course correct, whereas they right. can't really course correct. <clears throat> Even though they want to make a new Jon Snow series, I don't think that anyone would watch it. Well, maybe they would because Game of Thrones fans. We, we 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 stuck with it. We stuck with House of the Dragon, and that was. But anyway, but here's yeah, it's good. There's there's a question that I have now. That is, so we know that they have, we have Ahsoka, which is intimately part of the, the Mando-verse and the Filoni stuff. And we have um, uh, Skeleton Crew, which is already shot. It's already done. It's going to be coming out probably in December. Um, uh, and that, Favreau produced it. I don't, but he didn't write it, but he's, he's involved. So it may have connections to this, but I don't think it's going to be as intimately connected. But other than that, we don't have any firm plans until the movie which is scheduled for december 2026 <clears throat> and depending on how long mm-hmm. the actor strike goes and the writer strike goes it'll be interesting because the movie date i'm pretty sure is firm that they need him to turn that movie they need filoni to turn in the movie then but if mm-hmm. we had had no strikes or anything they could have done probably two or three seasons of different series in the interim 
but the longer mm-hmm. this within uh, this, the verse, yeah, yeah, within the universe to set up the movie, but the longer these strikes happen, the less time they'll have. And even you know, the longer the strike, it's not just like about waiting till the strikes are done. When the strikes are done, some of these actors may have other uh, commitments that they have to do <coughs> first, uh, and so it'll take even longer to get all this uh, to get all this sorted out. So <clears throat> my fear is that the movie will not have enough setup. And so the movie will have to like do its own setup, and so because of that, it won't um, it won't be as successful as it should. Uh, now maybe now that's still Valid. three years off. That's still three years off. So there's plenty of time for them to get another season in. But I'm nervous because they they haven't announced they're shooting anything in the before the writer sh- or before the actor strike, and now with the actor mm-hmm. strike, they're certainly not. So I'm I'm a little nervous on that. Nervous for a lot of good reasons. What if they, what if they do get one more season and it's Mando season four? Even if they did and they still had time to film it and they still had time to do everything before the film, how much of that season would be just set up for the movie? Yeah. Or would they focus on making the season really good? Yeah. And that is worrying. That's I mean, it's a legitimate concern for Dave because he's he's thinking at the same time that he wants Mandalorian to succeed, but he really really wants his movie. Mm-hmm. To succeed more because that is his first jump into this, and it's his big break. Eventually, if he wants a you know a numbered Star Wars movie director or title, I mean, mm-hmm. that's where he's going to to step into that is by doing well here. And for all of the fans of the movies who don't really know who Dave is, those people will go and see his movie and go, "Yeah, that guy did something really really good." Or you know, Star Wars is it's just not what it used to be. Whatever they say, you know, that kind of complaint, you'd much rather, and I, do you agree, you'd much rather his movie succeed if he has to sacrifice the quality of Mando season four a little bit? Yes. We need to, but just because of the general. Yeah. We need to get back to having good quality uh, and and high uh, box office movies for Star Wars. That is critical for the franchise to be in the zeitgeist. They could never make another Star Wars movie. And there will be people reading the books, reading the comics, playing the video games, that, watching the TV shows that are animated. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And even with live action, if they make good live action, that's good. But you need to have movies to be the thing, to be the, the, the critical zeitgeist thing. And so I, I would prefer, if anything, that the shows are good and the movie has enough setup that it's good. But if you have to sacrifice one, sacrifice quality on the shows because you want that movie. And and ideally, I think they need to do Mando season four needs to do a good Mando storyline and then maybe have another. It's not like a Ahsoka season two, but another show that's like that. It's like kind of like <clears throat> spinoff or Book of Boba Fett type thing that is helping set up stuff, whatever that is. Yeah. And then the movie. But I don't know if he's going to have time because as of right now, we are about three and a half years away and you usually need a solid, solid two years minimum to, to make yeah. the movie. Um, make it, yeah. Uh, and, you know, J.J. had three years and I don't know how long Gareth had. I know that uh, Ryan Johnson had more than three years, so he, he was done well ahead of time. And then J.J. for, the, for episode nine, he rushed it. He did it in under two and he was totally mm-hmm. rushed. So I don't want Dave to be rushed, which means Dave will probably have to focus, like, starting now on making the good movie, which means he can't do mm-hmm. that spinoff series. Or if they do, Favreau needs to do it. 
And I don't know if Favreau will do a good enough job of setting things up. I think when Favreau's focused on, you know, the Mandalorian, he's good. But when he's trying to branch out, he, he's, that's not necessarily his strong suit. So we can't talk about Nando with, you know, Favreau without talking about like the, the rumors within and how that affected his excitement to work on Mando season three. Right. Just the, the rumors of tampering. Yeah. And those have, those have, uh, died down. Uh, we heard, we heard two sources and one of them for sure. I, I thought was, um, pretty solid. I, I like the guy that did it, that, that talked about it, because he's an actual Hollywood journalist, Jeff Snyder. The other guy doesn't really have credibility that, that said it. Um, Mark something, I forgot his name, but uh, doesn't really have as much credibility. And since then, n- normally with this type of thing, you would keep continue hearing more continuous leaks. And after those initial reports in April, they haven't said anything. Um, which I think means either the sources were slightly inaccurate, or they've completely moved on from that and that's no longer a problem. I don't know, but so hopefully they've worked it out. I'm hoping that's the case. But let's, let's assume that they're at, at least 75% truthfulness in those. Then there's a good chance when whatever execs look at this and say, what did we do wrong? Okay. I think we might have messed up when we tried to shoehorn Favreau into saying, okay, you have to bring the child back. Okay, you have to do this and you have to, because fans want this and we'd like to sell this amount of toys, this amount of of this, and we really need them together to do X. Whatever the the byline was that they were pitching to him, and he's like, well, that doesn't exactly match my plan, if that is indeed the case. Are they going to walk out of there saying, okay, we're sorry, Season four, we give it back to you. The reins are you and Dave. You just have to work with Dave to really line up with the setup that he wants to do, you know. But you guys work together well, so hopefully you already had ideas in this. And I, I know this is probably well in the past by now, but is that a conversation that we think happened? Oh, I'm or sure. Or did they? I'm sure that that, that you think if, so. If, if if we're assuming the rumors are true, then I'm sure that that conversation happened, um, especially when they saw the re- reactions to season three. Um, mm-hmm. uh, cause they tend to be pretty reactionary at Lucasfilm. Uh, uh, not, not always, but there's several instances of they do something and it doesn't work. So they swing hard as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yep. you know, Rogue One, <clears throat> super successful. We have all these spinoff movies, Solo, not successful at all. We're canceling all the suits, uh, the spinoff <sighs> movies. It's like, they, if so only they, Solo hadn't had to come out after eight, exactly, people would have liked it so much exactly. better. Exactly. Yes. If, and if it had come out in December, if they had had a full year instead of only six months, and if it had no competition except Aquaman, Aquaman would have made 400 million and it, Solo would have done the billion dollar. Anyway, Solo had everything, all the punishment for, for episode yep. eight yep. just fell right on its lap. Yes. And it's just like, ah! Why do you hate me? Yes, exactly. I'm not that bad of a movie. Exactly. I'm, I'm actually kind of fun. Just exactly. give me a chance. Um, <laughs> so, so they are pretty reactionary. So I think that's <laughs> it. But I do want to move on to talking about, um, uh, you were talking about this kind of behind the scenes stuff. So Bryce mm. Dallas Howard directed probably the most talked about episode of this season. Yeah, um, yeah uh, let's t- and of talk course, about it. Now. I do not think that her direction was necessarily the problem with it. Again, I think it was the writing and the acting, but it was very clear when you're watching the Disney gallery and she's talking about it, 
it was not her idea to include Lizzo. Yeah, she and Jack made that Black clear to everybody. And, She's like, hey, <laughs> y'all are going to kill my career if, if yes. you make them think that this is my fault. She was very clear. She's like, I showed up and they're like, hey, we have these three people to put in your episode. We've She's already like, cast them. Okay. She like, <laughs> she put that in there in a very clear, we know what you're trying to say way. This is She's the, like, I know what this turned out. The closest <laughs> comparison I can make <laughs> is when Amelia Clark was on a red carpet premiere for um, oh, season yes. eight of Game of Thrones. And they said, what do you think reaction from audience, or what do you think about uh, how they handle your character? Do you think audiences will be satisfied? Or and Amelia just went, ah. <laughs> that's yep, all she said. I remember. And, and that's <clears throat> the closest is the reaction that Bryce has is like, yeah, she, that was, that was not her idea, which is good. Cause I want, I, I, I'm still one of those people saying, I still think I want like a movie. Get her a good writer if she's the director, because I think she's got good visuals. Um, so that gave me hope. And then on the same topic, Bryce is shown throughout the... S- she's talking about episodes she didn't work on as a director. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about... And she's on set for days that she wasn't directing, which I think made me makes me think maybe they're thinking of you know making her... Uh, producer a and a co-showrunner not a co-showrunner but a producer at least kind of like Fa- Famuyiwa was <clears throat> the directing producer for this season I wonder if mm-hmm. they'll make um, Bryce House da- Dallas Howard because she's working she's doing an episode of Skeleton Crew um, but she doesn't have anything lined up after that and she loves this this is you know her catnip so I'm interested to see if she uh, becomes a producing director which I think would be a good idea I would love to see her in that role um you know, I always this is totally off. What if what if she was involved in a um, like a stream uh, eight episode series of Jurassic Park or Jurassic World follow up? Yeah, that that after instead of Dominion, OK, we got a new movie. They actually are like, hey, let's do some live action Jurassic Park TV and stream this. That would be a good thing for her to get involved in producing. But anyway, that's neither that's here nor there. That's a good idea um, because she knows <clears throat> the universe. She's uh, <coughs> she has directing experience with television now. I, I think that's I, I, that's a solid universal. Uh, come call us. We have ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you're yeah you're right that she said that. And here's with her episode. Um, the ending of it with, with the fight between Bo and Axwell yeah. was good. But how any bir- any director on the planet was supposed to handle the amount of personality and the amount of celebrity yeah. that they gave to her. Mm-hmm. And whoever signed off and thought that was a great idea, you need to never, ever work again in the film industry or the movie industry. You need another job. You need to go away because that was horrible. Whoever thought the personality of Jack Black could share screen time with like with Lizzo and Christopher Lloyd, like put Christopher Lloyd in there. Great. He would have he fit the universe better than the others. Yes. His his character did mm-hmm. at least. But he needed time. They needed just him in the episode yeah. and to develop that whole story with just him. And Jack Black. I love the guy. He's the funniest part of the whole Disney galleries. We were just <laughs> laughing and cracking up and everybody on set was just laughing and cracking up and they love him and he loves star Wars and he loved being in star Wars and that's all fine. But here's the problem. He is not the type of character that you can just, you know, throw in there and say one off. No, he's going to steal the scene from everybody yeah. and nobody's going to talk about anything but him. And that's exactly what happened. And even Lloyd was, was put, you know, a little bit on the sideline, you know, because of Jack Black. 
I love Jack Black. What would you have done, Jonathan? How could you fix this? You, you I don't can't. know. Although I, I'm a little <coughs> softer. I don't think the person needs to never work again because that's a little <clears throat> mean to say that. But what I'll say is that um, uh, I do think that oh, they should have done. In another just, job, another job, frankly, truthfully, you could work on the campaigns. Okay. Sorry. The, I think that. <laughs> I haven't um, done that impression in a while. I don't know where that came from. Yeah. The. <laughs> The thing with the three of them is I think any of the three of them could do, except, you know, Lizzo acting is not the best, but the, if you had done just just Christopher Lloyd or just Jack Black or even just Lizzo, I don't think it would have had the impact it had. But because you had three celebrities all at the same time together, that was, uh, that was not the smartest idea. Um, uh, and so, and, and of course, as you said, no one could could make that um i think however if if feloni had directed that episode i think that the fandom would not have um <clears throat> reacted quite as strongly because they're they're not going to be as uh we he, he's more teflon and bryce you know we love her for some of the great episodes she's directed but she doesn't have the the teflon reaction from the fans so i think that if 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 she just if if it had been someone more established, um, <clears throat> so it's kind of unfortunate. Do you her, remember but. the story beats from that episode? Yeah, the them so in that episode, you, I mean, what what was the point? Do you go ahead and and I remember most of it, but go ahead. Well, uh, most of the story beats were they they were going there, um, uh, and they ended up getting. Uh, they were looking for the, the Mandalorians to try to, to bring them in. But the only way they could get to them was having permission. And so they were looking to see what was causing all these droid problems that they were having. Um, uh, and so they were investigating the droid problems, going through the droid bar, going down to the loading docks, uh, until they figured out that it was the, um, the guy in charge of the droids, uh, <clears throat> what's his name? Um, Christopher Lloyd's character, who's a separatist sympathizer. And once they captured him and unfolded the, the mystery, they were able to go to the Mandalorians uh, and, and bring them back in. So that's the basic plot points. Right. But what did that do to advance Din's character? What did that do to advance Bo's character? Well, for Bo, it was Anything? she was able... Yes. Well, for Bo, she was able to... Um, uh, Convince the the group to to join her. Um, uh, the well, yes, at the end. At the end, yes. Yeah, now the in end the of the part, episode. Yeah, the yes. beginning, the beginning and middle. Not not much. Not much to advance their characters. It was a filler episode. Yeah, talking about the end of the episode. Let's let's actually say that was good. Yeah. But all the, the stuff prior to with the droid. Right. It it reminds me a little bit of of one of the subplots that got cut out of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Yes. Where Hermione was all about this elf uh, treatment and there was this whole liberation storyline that got cut out because it was it is. It was all like, that is my you know, elf rights. Part of the Harry Potter books. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, I, it, it yeah. a little bit with the droid rights. And, and honestly, it's an interesting subject. Uh, I don't think that Din is a character like is a bad person to put in that situation because Din has a absolute hatred of droids at the beginning of season one. Right. He hates them all. And through that season, you know, basically the IG 11 story, yep. he comes to accept this one single droid that he's like, you're the one droid I like. And then that droid died. Well, <clears throat> putting him in the situation, it, it, he, there was tons of potential for that 
dynamic to play some interesting beats. But it didn't. Yeah. It didn't. And and that actually brings me to another thought in the finale with R5. Do you recall how he asked R5 to uh, basically find, by hacking in, the location of, of Gideon's um, uh, control base or whatever, or his, his, you know, yeah. his main headquarters within the base? Yeah. And he calls R5 buddy and thanks buddy and all this. It's just horrible dialogue between the two of them. And, uh, I I like that I like that Din has been taken to that point where he's trusting a droid. Yeah, ideas it are there. Didn't, it's just not. It executed. didn't didn't feel executed. Didn't feel deserved. So that leads me to like payoff. Yeah. If I can, do you yeah. care? Yeah, go ahead. Like, let's talk about general payoff. Yeah. Payoff for the season. What was the setup and what was the payoff? Like, okay, beginning this season, we talked about it. We wanted to see the retaking of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Did we get the payoff that we were wanting to see? What do you think? We we got we got them retaking Mandalore, just not as exciting as we were hoping it would be. Yeah, I had pictured something. It's hard to say what you pictured because I just know it wasn't what we got. Uh, I had pictured whenever they got there, they would have to fight some elements that were environmental, that were either radioactive decay. Something with the environment, with plants growing, oxygen, and those things were set up. But those things in the end, like in the finale, basically, what do they say? Life finds a way. You know, that's it was the Jurassic Park beat right there. Yeah, the, it was, the, the mythosaur. That's also an example of like they didn't mm-hmm. like they show it in the finale, but all they have to do is <clears throat> have it be a part of the action and then have Din and or Bo, probably Bo better. Bo sit on the mythosaur and tame it or something. That's all they had to do for me to be like, okay, you, you properly paid that off. Like at least in Mandalorian, I mean, in a book of Boba Fett, you got the rancor. They, they, they showed the rancor, they established that they're going to use it and then they used it here. They didn't do that with the, um, uh, with the mythosaur. And that was like the coolest visual after seeing that second episode, I was so confident that they were going to show the mythosaur. And that's like, because that they were going to use the mythosaur later. Uh, it's a Chekhov's gun thing. You introduce the gun and you don't even <laughs> yeah. use it later. So that's, that's why I, that, that particular thing is what irked me the most about the season. If, if Ron and Harry play chess in, yes, you know, the sorcerer's yes. zone, you and they really don't play chess in any other, right in any other Harry, <laughs> sorry, in any other Harry Potter movie, they play it in that movie and they're shown playing it in that movie then you have to show a reason why Ron needs to be good at, at chess. Yes. And guess what happens at the end of the movie? That's what happens. Okay, so you're right. Yes, that's Chekhov's gun. But let's talk about another payoff. So <clears throat> the clash, you've got the watch, you've got, um, what would you call Bo's group? Really the... The... the <clears throat> uh, the true Mandalorians or... Oh, there is a term. I'm something. just not remembering it. Yeah, so you got Bo's group of Mandalorians, you got the Watch, and you've got the ideas. You've got the ideas. The, the, the ideas that clashed over the season, we knew they were going to come head-to-head. I thought they would be much more. And in terms of payoff, I did not expect it to be resolved so quickly. Um, yeah. 
how are you with the payoff? How did the season handle that ideal clash? Yeah, they should have. They should have. They could have done a lot more with that. Um, uh, maybe if you had cut out this writing of Bo's episode, and her whole episode is about getting the one group to <clears throat> work with the other group, and then in the penultimate episode they go to fight the. Um, they 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 all gather their forces to go, and then in the finale they fight. Maybe that would have worked better, but it felt like they had to squish in the penultimate episode them getting together. <clears throat> Uh, working together and getting ready to go, and so they, you had to put too much into a single episode. That's a perfect description. So, do you know the line of dialogue where Moff Gideon says those two groups will never work together in the finale? That is not possible. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're exactly right. Look, I mean, think if we got a whole episode to just so how. And I wanted to see them at each other's throat, about to all kill yeah, each other yeah. right then. Mm-hmm. Every Mandalorian is about to die. And then, not Grogu, maybe maybe Din, finally Din has his moment where he's useful. And he steps in and does something. He's, you know, he stops it. Something happens to where the Mandalorians tentatively agree with each other. And then as they fight together in the finale... They start to gain respect for each other, seeing each and fighting on the same side. Right. That could have been that could have been so much more payoff. Yes, just there was never a true worry for my characters. Yeah. Uh, every character that they pushed to a could they die, and I guess the exception for this is is Paz Vizsla. But every other character that they pushed to the will they die, they they didn't get near far enough. Yeah. You know. The the you know think about the finale where Bo looks like she might die for like one half of a second, and then okay, well Din's back, and he just you know and they fight together. Right. Not near enough tension for the you know the moments where we thought Din might die. Not near enough. He should have been held captive for most of the episode. I think. Um, the Grogu tension. Puh. What tension? There was no tension. He was never going to die. Yes. Um, those those type of those type of things. Those moments. The payoff there wasn't wasn't there for me. All right. Let's talk about the payoff for Gideon. So in season one, episode one, we get this idea. Right. The whole idea is planted in. We need Grogu. And it yeah. turns out, why did we need Grogu for his blood? Why did we need his blood? Because Moff Gideon. We finally found it in this episode. Is cloning himself. Which in the last episode he said cloning is your thing to his, the secret council. <laughs> Shadow right. I don't care about cloning, so he lied. He needs the clone. He's trying to give himself the force mm-hmm. for his clones. Is that good payoff for you? How how are you on the payoff of that? Well, because you, didn't, you one, showed the one. clones in stasis, but then they killed <clears throat> them all. You should have had Instantly. him fighting. You should have had clones of his involved in the final fight, and they didn't. Unless, unless they decide to go retroactively and say, "Well, that was a clone they were fighting," so he didn't have the mustache, so it wasn't a clone. No, it was it, it, that, that that was supposed to be as far, as far as we know, it's Prime Gideon. And even if he retcon that, it's still not going to feel the payoff of of having the clone mm-hmm. story. So even that didn't work quite as well. And it's like you brought him back for only two episodes, just to kill him off again. Ugh, I know. If they had. Used him all season, it would have been better. Yes. Um, well, let me suggest some dialogue too, because in the finale, you see after the you know, well, <laughs> let me back up. During the scene where he's where where Grogu and Din, there's this needless eye open jump scare 
I'm like, that's totally the wrong vibe for this scene. What you needed is for Din to be looking at this computer scene and be like, midichlorian? What the heck is a midichlorian? Right. Yeah, <laughs> and why does, why does it say they're 15,000? And then give a number. And then every YouTuber is going to yes. be like, dude, these clones, how is he able to get so many midichlorians? And like, you know, Chewbacca had this many in Legends, but, you know, they said right. that Qui-Gon had this many. And like, you we'll, would, be, we'll what be talking you do, forever about it. What you do with that is you play both sides. You say midichlorian. Uh, uh, he, he, he says 15,000. <clears> what is this thing? And then he says midichlorians. I don't think that's important. And then <laughs> shove it off. Because you can play both sides. You can get the midichlorian haters with the that's yes. not important. You yeah. can get the midi- people who love midichlorians or are really interested in that. <clears throat> There's a way you could get both of them super interested in the scene. <laughs> yes, that would have been It would have been great. Yes. It would have been a perfect – but he just blows them up. Yeah. Um, and later, uh, Gideon. So he comes in and he's like, my clones were perfect. And then he talks about it. And then we get nothing. Nothing, nothing else. But here's what he should have said. But it's okay. My research is intact. Yes. And you have brought me the child. And I will take the child, as I have always intended to, and continue my research or whatever else. Right. But no, he sends the guards to, like, kill Grogu in the worst. Uh, we talked about the answer. action was good. That was the worst action, <laughs> seeing the, the flips from the puppet. That was horrible. And why are they trying to kill Grogu? He still needs Grogu's blood, like... Especially now, since he lost his clones, he needs Grogu's blood. He can restart. It'll be fine. But that's not what he does. It makes no sense. And that bothered me. Move on to your comments on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, they they could have done that. Or I don't know if they could have had it where he still escaped and he continues to be the villain of the series. Because um, uh, then you could mean that he's, you know, for all seasons of Mandalorian, he's the great <clears throat> villain. But now it's kind of like he's the villain in season one at the end, two for the whole thing, and then end of season three. But he, but, but then he kills off, so then they'll have a new villain. It just it feels wonky. And if they had kept him alive, all right, so he's going to continue being the nuisance. Um, or if it had been like, you know, one of the others had kidnapped Grogu at the end of the season or something. It just needed more, which is kind of frustrating. Um, yeah. Think the, about these cool, cool, awesome suits all of these, you know, troopers yeah, with that the best car, cool. with the flamethrowers, they were cool, but we got no character development from any of them. Imagine if during the fight scenes, as they like, as they see Din coming, and he's breaking through these Darth Maul walls, the red walls, like in Phantom yep. Menace, and they see this dude, and they're like, he just took out two of our guys, and they look at each other, and they're like, can we beat this guy? Right, yeah. Like, yeah, we've got, we've got all the same equipment and armor as him. He's like, yeah, but he's just beaten like six of us in a row and he's coming for us now. We have to do something different. Like there's so much there was chances. Okay, what about um, the scene when they're flying in? And I know they wanted the air battle, but why don't you have cannons? Why don't you have snipers posted along the walls that are firing? But you basically just let all the Mandalorians fly straight in the hole right into the mouth of this cave. And then you just all these other troopers, the stormtroopers with Mando armor uh, or sorry, Beskar, they all fly up in those in space right. in the, you know, the air battle that that just it as cool as the idea is. I was like, that doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, Moff Gideon is way too smart yeah. to just say we've got the numbers we will win. And it puts more character like we don't we never feel any danger for these guys. I oh. 
All right. I loved the idea of the fight. The execution just let me go, what? What is the point of this? Why? Ugh. All right. So, uh, sorry, I'm complaining. I don't have, so I don't have really any more comments for, for you to talk about the gallery in particular or other than it was, you know, we got those little <clears throat> small tidbits we talked about and that's about it. And then we've pretty much covered the finale and the season in general. I'm just glad, you know, uh, thankfully, uh, sometimes when the fandom is angry about something, the fandom is able to to move on really quick. Or sometimes when the fandom's super angry, they hold on to it and they they're like a dog with a bone. And for season three, it seems like the fandom was more all right. We didn't love that. Time to go on to to Ahsoka, and and they're they're ready to move on, which I'm happy because I'm hoping if Ahsoka's good, it, it'll put us good. back on the if yeah the right trajectory. It'll put us on track. I I expect that. The pressure falls squarely on this thing's head. Yeah. If, if, um, I mean, I think about Ahsoka as a character the first time we met her in Mando. And, like, if we don't have the quality we have in season two when we meet Ahsoka of right. that series, I don't even know if the Ahsoka show happens because it was so good. Season mean, well, two of well, Mandalorian was so amazing. You mean season two of Ahsoka? Because they finished it all. No, it's gonna all. Season two. Mandalorian, where we first meet Ahsoka. Right. You're saying... If that season wasn't so amazing, I don't know if we would have gotten the Ahsoka show that we're getting. It may not have even been greenlit, Mm -hmm. but she was so... I mean, and of course, Dave Filoni brought her in, and man, I just did not enjoy season... Okay, yeah, I'm not going to talk. When it comes to season three, was there any other payoffs we need to talk about? Lack of no. or I was ready to move on to our like that. That was why I was talking about we're ready yeah. to move on to Ahsoka. What do you think about? Do you do you have a favorite episode from season three? Probably the Coruscant episode. I love that one. That was so much fun. Um, like the that's the episode where like the music worked for me, and I really liked all the references <clears throat> and the tie-ins and stuff like that. Even though it didn't pay off as well down the line, and it felt you know, kind of jolted in the series. And I like the penultimate episode. It was enjoyable, even though we had all those problems. Like the council meeting was really cool. Um, uh, getting all the Mandalorians together was really cool. Seeing the, sh- the fleet. So there were like little moments like that. So those two episodes I thought were the most, most exciting, most fun of the season. Um, I kind of enjoyed the, the episode where Bo leads this raid party to rescue, um, uh, the foundling. Well, not the foundling. The son yeah, of yeah, Paz Vizsla. Yeah, the. I kind of like that, but was that yeah, the was Carl that episode Weathers four? Episode. Yeah, it was the fourth one. <clears throat> I liked that episode, and I liked the the one, uh, the penultimate episode, yeah. spies, because of the the Shadow Council was really really good. Yeah, obviously, but um, um, so trying to think. I <sighs> believe our next episode of the podcast will be a video game discussion. I am making... If you're able to finish. I worked on it tonight. Um, uh, I am partway through Manon. Um, I (laughs) did all the research for the the trial, and I am in the Sith place. In the Sith base? Yeah, I'm wondering, once you get to the trial, did you already do the trial? No, no, no. I haven't done the trial yet. Okay. So uh, See, everything in in this... Everything about that Manon, if you're not familiar with, you know, Kotor's amazing. But that that whole thing, you have to make difficult choices. Like, 
there is no black and white choice. It's like, do I lie and yeah. make this look good? Do I tell the truth even though it has this consequence? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the whole world of Manon is is really good. It's the only world that makes you choose the, you know, uh, a gray on both sides. Yeah. And you're, you're either like, this doesn't help the Republic, but it's the right thing to do, or I'm just going to help the Republic and do whatever. Right. <laughs> so by, uh, by next week, I should be, um, uh, that we record, I should be done with Manon and far enough in that we can have our video game discussion where you talk about, um, uh, should I survive should or not? Should I or? We need to see. Yeah. I, I would be happy if people want to hear about some Jedi Survivor. It's been a little while since I've played it. I'll have to pull it back out. Yeah. The um, the best thing would be to get Trent if I can see if he's played it yet. Yeah. If he hasn't, we'll have to we'll have to wait. But um, I just finished not I you know, I told you this, I just yeah. finished the Thrawn Ascendancy, the second book, Greater Good. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, that was a lot of characters that yep. are like in no other Star Wars book, yep. they're not even in the Star Wars galaxy, really, because they're in another part of the galaxy or another galaxy. And it was very curious uh, the way that they set things up and paid them in the end, too, was also very because I finally put it together and I texted you. I was like, wait, so the whole Binland's plan is to do this. And to do this and do this. It's been and it's been and it's all to set up this thing. It's been over like two yeah. years since I read the books and a lot of the details. I remember some very specific things. I should have reread mm-hmm. it with you, but I just that's why I like I can't really talk too much about it because I just don't remember mm-hmm. as much because it's been a while. It's a very detail heavy well, series. <laughs> Unfortunately, they. I'm pretty sure that there was something that they left out of the ending of that too, that there was a character they just totally forgot about and then they never even like wrote the ending for them. I was like, maybe that's in the next book. (laughs) If you remember, I think I I remember what you're talking about, but the mages. Yeah. The mages. Yeah. They're, they're, they're present for the third book in the third. Okay. Well, at least if I know that, that I know that Timothy Zahn wasn't just like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Drop in it. Well, I, you know, they leave the reader to assume, um, but what's cool about the, you know, the whole like idea of Chiss culture, I finally am starting to understand like the nine ruling families, yep. the 40 greater families, mm-hmm. you know, these ruling families and the politics that go into them. And and really like it's it's kind of like it, <laughs> I, I, this is probably a bad example because I don't know if it's quite as true, but it's almost like um, Democrats and Republicans like if if our country got attacked, we would immediately come together and be like, "Okay, we're going to stop you, whoever attacked us, right?" right. <clears throat> and we would unite um, because we're all Americans. Uh, but then we go back to fighting each other the very second that that's over. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it feels that way with these families because they're always I would, vying I would for make the control and power. It's more Game of Thronesy where you have the different people who want the throne and so they're doing little subtle things to dig at each other mm, to get more power. That's a lot but better. But then when you have the, the White Walkers come, it's like, all right, we gotta, gotta focus on this. And then they go back to fighting. Most, most people. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. I, I really think that, you know, that stuff is super interesting and gives a, a backstory on throne that, man, if, if we get even a glimpse of that stuff in the Ahsoka show mm-hmm. to understanding him, I'll be very happy. I'll be and happy. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, book three at least answers, definitively answers, a question that we've had about Thrawn since he 
came into Rebels. There was a, there was a specific <clears throat> question that everyone had. Why does Thrawn... Blah, 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 and that, thir- the end of the third book, explains the answer. And I was very happy with the answer. So, hmm. so my first thought is, why does he show up in the Star Wars universe instead of staying in the Chiss universe? Yeah. That part of the galaxy, like in obviously the first Thrawn number when, yeah. novel, when he does, why does he show up at all? I'm like, well, it's pretty clear now because he gets betrayed by somebody that's you know high up in the Chiss ascendancy, probably the patriarch of his own right. family. Yeah, most likely. That's, that's logically who, a good answer. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's what I'm picking up based off of having finished two books. Is that, and of course, the the previous patriarch loved Thrawn oh, yeah. and was like, this guy's the future of Thrawn, mm. but he died. New guy comes in. He's <laughs> like, we, we don't like the Thrawn. He's not very good. Uh, but I'll say there, there's, that's a surprise. When, there's still a surprise on that answer. <clears throat> like it's, it's answered. You'll see it coming, but it's, it, there's a cool surprise though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm interested to see that. But do you think that whatever that answer is, will tie into Ahsoka? I don't or to, know. Is it still a factor on Thrawn? I don't, I don't think it's going to be answered. Like, I, I, I'll say, I don't think that's going to have a huge impact in Ahsoka. I think it's going to have a, a big impact <clears throat> for the big movie that they're planning. Do you think the Thrawn that we're going to see still cares about the Chiss Ascendancy? No comment. No comment? <laughs> no comment. No comment? No comment. Come on. That's such a cop out. <laughs> Unless you're saying like the Grisks have already completely destroyed the Chiss Ascendancy. It's not even anymore. And you're like, he does nothing left to go back to. Is that what you're saying? No comment. There's only one. There's only one book I haven't read. It's a big book. It is. It's a big book. Really? It's, it's, the, okay. it's the second Gosh. longest Star Wars novel. Um, uh, You're talking about, and what's the name of it? Lesser Evil. It is Lesser Evil. Uh, it is in hardcover, 550 pages. The, there's only one Star Wars novel that is longer in word count, and that is uh, another Timothy Zahn, Vision of the Future. Um, uh, that's an old <clears throat> Legends book, but it's, it's the second longest Star Wars book and the longest canon book for a reason. He packs so much into this book. Anyway, but uh, I'm, I'm excited to okay. see what your thoughts on that book are, but we'll probably hmm. do the, um, yeah. the, the video game stuff next. And then we'll be gearing up for Ahsoka in just a couple weeks. So that's coming soon. So exciting. You can, well, this was fun. Yeah, this was, um, this was good. I, I feel like I've wrapped up my thoughts on Mando three and I really don't want to talk about it more. Exactly. Time to, we're, so we're, let's this move is our way on to, to move things on. that we would like to do more. Yes. Exactly. Um, let's, let's be happy yes. with Ahsoka. Hello, world. there's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. All right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Partridge family. Uh, oh, by the way, a quick note. When I was in college, I kept re- singing, referencing that song, and everyone was like, what? And I said, the Partridge family. And they, 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 they had no idea. And I played them for this. And they said, Jonathan, my parents were not even alive when this came out. And I was like, that's so weird. <laughs> that they were like college students whose <clears throat> parents weren't alive when that song came out. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> ah. What is time doing? Exactly. <laughs> so you can find us we on. need to go in the in- interstellar world and like. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> it's like seven minutes and you're like, 40 years passed. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> you can find us on Simplecast, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, Stitcher, and uh, Simplecast is our uh, 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 Simplecast is our home. You can find our Facebook page, Two mm-hmm. Sons of Tatooine. You can find uh, my YouTube channel, Jonathan Cohn. You can for mm-hmm. book all, all things book reviews. My mm-hmm. uh, uh, Twitter for I talk movies and stuff on Twitter. And then you can find um, uh, my written Star Trek reviews for Roku Depot and then also on Goodreads. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I think that's all the places. So until next time, I'm Jonathan. Yes. And I'm Nathan. Thank mm-hmm. you for listening to Two Sons of Tatooine. Right? Beat me to it. <laughs>